Did you know that noise has colours? I mean, not actually colours, but that it's assigned colours. Like you've heard of white noise. But what about pink noise or brown noise? Well, let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Welcome to the programme and don't forget to follow the show on Spotify, Apple, at the News Talk app. Go loud wherever it is you are listening. And this week, let's take a proper step into audiophile heaven because this is all about sound. And let me start by asking, how do you fall asleep? Maybe you count sheep. For some people, it's guided meditation, sinking deeper into your pillow as you say goodbye to the day. For others, it's sleep stories on apps like Calm or Headspace. Leaving the car behind, you hear the reassuring crunch of the gravel beneath your shoe as you tread deeper and deeper into the lavender fields. Some people like a cup of tea, maybe chamomile, before snuggling up in bed for the night, or a chapter of a good book to lull you off to sleep. But in reality, much more often, it's a half hour to an hour of scrolling through social media, constantly giving out to yourself that you should have been asleep ages ago. Because what spells relaxation? Like having a small, bright box inches from your face. But recently... I got introduced to a new way to fall asleep that might be familiar to any new parents listening. My soon-to-be sister and brother-in-law have a one-year-old, baby Benjamin, who is wonderful, but like many one-year-olds, doesn't exactly let his dear parents sleep through the night. But actually getting him off to sleep, while by no means a perfect science, got a lot easier when they bought a white noise machine. Now, what I associate white noise with is old TV sets. Remember when you were trying to tune in a channel or went beyond the 10 available channels that we had on the old NTL service or maybe a mistuned radio in the car? And I have to say, not particularly a relaxing sound, to me at least, in those scenarios. But apparently, white noise is helping both adults and babies get to sleep. So is there any science to it? Well, I'm joined by the sleep expert and founder of the sleep care company, Anne-Marie Boyan, Amory, does white noise actually help us get to sleep? It can, and it's a recent phenomenon and trend um, that's used hugely uh, with infants and babies to get them to sleep. So, as you mentioned, it sounds a bit like um, a TV or an un- untuned radio that's, that's, that's untuned. It's a static noise and it blocks out everything in, in the background. So what it does, it has all the frequencies across the spectrum of audible sound in equal measure. And there have been scientific studies to show that it does help, particularly infants and babies with sleep. For adults, um, it depends on the person. There has been a study that shows that about 38% of people sleep well with it, but it doesn't work for everyone. And what's the thinking behind it? Is it just that it blocks out other noises that might wake you up or how does it work? Yeah, that's essentially it. It blocks out the other noises and it kind of mesmerizes you. I don't know if you've ever listened to, to it, but it definitely blocks out everything. And it does certainly for, for, for babies that it, it, I've seen it working. And I mean, I had my youngest four years ago um, and I, it wasn't a thing. And I have seen people in recent years, definitely it's a huge thing using white noise for sleep. And then as for something, a lot of people have heard of white noise, but they might not have heard of other frequencies of noise like 
pink noise and, and brown noise. Well, what are those? So they're kind of similar. They're just different on the broadband um, spectrum. They're, they're all broadband, broadband sounds. Um, pink noise is slightly lower pitched than white. Um, it sounds, pink noise sounds like a waterfall. So when you turn it on, you're going to hear that, that you're beside a waterfall. And basically, again, it blocks out that background noise. Um, but with pink noise, it, it even blocks out things like that might wake you up, things like a door slamming or car horns beeping or a siren going off, things like that. Um, the thing about pink noise is um, it has been proven to help you fall asleep faster. There have been studies done um, to say that you can wake up more rested and um, sleep longer. Um, brown noise, again, is another broadband sound. Um, it's it's similar, but this the broad the brown noise is deeper, um, and it sounds like a rainfall or a shower. So really good, strong shower. Um, and with brown noise, um, it has been proven to improve your your cognitive and your thinking and your brain skills, um, but not so much for sleep. Brown noise has hasn't been proven yet. Um, there's also been some studies to say that it helps with people who have ringing in their ears. The differences in sound are quite subtle if you just listen to them out of the blue. You go, oh yeah, that's that's white noise. But when you play them back to back to back, you can hear the tone changes. Let's start with good old fashioned white noise. It uses all the frequencies of sound, low, medium and high range. Pink noise, however, uses more low frequency sounds, filtering out the higher ones, which can be more annoying to the ear. Listen out for the change. Here we have pink noise. And then we have brown noise, which is even further down to the low end frequencies. And to me, sounds more like waves on the shore. Listen for the change again. To me, this is actually the most relaxing one, but if you go into YouTube or Spotify, you'll find plenty of tracks with slight distortions of pink, brown and white noise, which all make them a little bit more relaxing. I actually fell asleep to pink noise the other night before having to go back to work after Christmas. Here's Anne-Marie Boyne again. Are there other types of this kind of noise then as well, or is it just, like, is it necessarily specifically the noise, I suppose, or is it just that we have something? If you listen to waves as you're going asleep or so or, or uh, you know those apps on cam or whatever and the the uh, the rain falling on a roof is that the same effect or is it something specifically about these frequencies it's specifically about the frequencies you've hit the nail on the head um and basically you can get an app uh, with these sounds on it um they're called sleep sounds and um there's one app called sleep app but there, there's lots of different apps you can also get it on youtube it's, it's free um and it's basically, uh, yeah, li- like you said. So um, yeah, there's lots of other sounds like the, you know, the rain falling on the roof, things like that. And they work differently for different people. But generally the white, the pink and the brown are really good. There are other colours like blue. Um, brown noise is often referred to as red noise as well. So if you just look for an app or on YouTube for um, sleep sounds or white, pink or, or brown noise, that, that, that will work. Um, but, you know, different strokes for different folks. There are other sounds that work um, for people that don't like this particular thing, such as um, sleep stories. So that's really a person 
reading reading you to sleep. Um, and there are apps, um, there are paid apps such as Calm, uh, where you can have someone read you to sleep story. And if you like a particular accent or, or a voice of someone, there's Killian Murphy, the actors on there, um, Matthew McConaughey, if you like the Southern drawl. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. There's lots of female actors on there as well. So it's, if that's what you like, sometimes that works for people as well. Um, so sound is a, is a really g- good one for sleep. But it's worth remembering, if you are trying to reset your sleep rhythm in the new year, sound isn't the only factor you should think about. Light is probably the most influential factor for sleep. Basically, we are diurnal beings, meaning that we are supposed to be awake in the day and sleep at night. So for that to happen, um, and our, the way our circadian rhythms happen, is we need to get light during the day and it needs to be dark at night. So typically in the evening, we need, we need to be dimming our lights, getting it darker from dinner time, um, and then going into pure darkness, cave-like darkness for sleep. But in the morning, we need to be getting morning light, essentially. So what happens is uh, when we wake up in the morning, so let's say it's, it's six, seven, eight o'clock, um, the first thing that we need to do is get light into, into our eyeballs. So basically what this does is the photons of light go into our eyes and it hits the suprachiasmic nucleus, which is a part of the brain that basically sets our circadian rhythms and tells everything to start working properly. And it basically says, get cortisol going, which is a stress hormone, but it's also our get up and go hormone that we need. We need it really early in the morning um, and that's the best time to have our cortisol. So it basically sets off a chain of events, starting with cortisol to say, let's get up and go, get our bodies going through the day. And it also determines that we will sleep that night if we get that that light in the morning. So getting it first thing uh, between uh, when, you, when you wake up in the morning, uh, between 30 and 60 minutes when you wake up. I know there's been a lot of uh, studies done around evening light, but certainly the morning light is really, really important now. Is that any sort of light? Is that flicking the lamp on next to you? Or is it daylight specifically that activates that? So it's daylight specifically. So it's it's sunlight and get out there and get the sunlight into your eyes. And I know Ireland, we have dark mornings, we have daylight savings. So um, it's not particularly light at the moment. So turning on artificial light won't work as well. But in the depths of winter, you can use something like a sad light or a light therapy light. So sad light is for seasonal affective disorder, but it, it has the right amount of lux, so the right amount of frequency of, of light to get into your eyeballs. So I often use that on the sleep care company with clients who need that uh, resetting of their circadian rhythm and to get their light in the morning on those dark winter mornings. So we've talked about uh, sound of what you're hearing we've talked about the light in the morning are there other sensory things that either help you get a better sleep or help give you that bit of an extra go in the morning yes the senses play a huge role for sleep um, and as you mentioned um, as we spoke about the light and the sounds and um, smell is another one so actually breathing in really nice essential oils um, can work for some people for sleep so um, basically it, it hits the neurotransmitters it induces calmness, um, it can help anxiety, it can help sleep. So if you have a diffuser, so a room diffuser, you could push essential oils in there, ones that work for sleep are lavender, high altitude lavender. Some people don't like lavender at all, so um, other scents that work for sleep would be frankincense and bergamot. 
Um, and conversely, in the morning, then you can use essential oils for energy and to get up and go. So uh, ones that would work in the morning are wild orange. Um, it's a particular favourite one that I would um, put on uh, first thing uh, before I start work. Um, other things that, uh, other senses that can really um, influence sleep are taste. So again, um, I don't recommend having heavy meals uh, three hours before bed, but um, something like a chamomile tea, again, there's been lots of studies done to, to prove that chamomile tea can induce sleep and um, magnesium glycinate. So it's a, it's a supplement can work for some people to help with sleep and to help with, with sore muscles. Does temperature play any sort of a role? Because I'm thinking we all like to be nice and snug when we go to bed, but obviously a lot of people haven't been putting on the heating as much because it's a lot more expensive this particular winter. Does actually being warm when you go to bed help you to sleep? And is there any sort of science to that, you know, oh God, I'm freezing, I just want to stay in bed this morning feeling we sometimes get? Yeah, temperature is huge. And um, basically what happens is during the day, our, our body temperature drops during the day. Um, and for us to get to sleep, it needs to drop between one and three degrees. So we need to be cooling down. Our body does it naturally. Um, but if you have a temperature um, gauge in your room, you can lower it. And the ideal temperatures for sleep are between about 15 degrees and 18, 19 degrees Celsius. Um, and conversely, in the summer, if it gets really hot, if it goes above that, so if it goes above 19 degrees Celsius, two or three degrees, you're going to find it hard to sleep. And equally, our bodies, when they warm up, like the heat wave that we may have in the summer, that's going to influence our sleep and help and actually hinder our sleep. So it's all about um, keeping the body temperature at the right temperature. So what you hear when you're asleep and what you see when you wake up can actually be a really important part in making sure you get the most out of your eight or seven or six or five hour sleep. Or if you have a young child, the cat naps you get when you can. Maybe it's white noise, or pink, or brown. So from all of us at Let Me Explain, good night. <laughs>